It's a very good afternoon. It is Niall boiling with you for the next hour or so. Hoping to take your calls. By the way, don't forget you can text or WhatsApp at any stage if you want to come on the air and talk to us. The number, as usual, 85 100 2255. The show where you won't be censored. That's why I called it They Told Me to Shut Up, but they don't tell me anymore. Now, we do want to talk about something that's very important at the moment, and it's in the news for a number of reasons. And I'm going to kind of outline some of the reasons very quickly, if I can, before I go to my first guest and take your calls as well. Uh, Gender critical views shared by civil servants in the UK were compared to Nazism by colleagues in a meeting discussing diversity. Members of the civil service group Sex Equality and the Equality Network, known as SCENE, which believes that biological sex is binary and immutable, were targeted for their views on women's rights. With one civil servant allegedly accusing the group of wanting to destroy the LGBT community. During an online meeting, one colleague is said to have accused scene members of holding views that resemble Nazism. There's a word. Anyway, while other comments caused at least one member of the network to leave uh, the call in protest. Now, a government spokesperson said, as required by the Civil Service Code, and as the public rightly expects, all civil servants must act impartially. Now, I don't know what the word impartially means when you're demanding or compelling somebody to use certain speech, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Where any individual is found to be breaking the Civil Service Code, appropriate action will be taken i.e. you'll be cancelled or abused. The claim made by the Sunday Telegraph are the latest to rock the civil service amid claims it is facing a woke takeover in a row over gender identity and trans rights. And a letter signed by a cohort of more than 40 mandarins from the department across Whitehall that is, of course, government buildings in the UK and civil service, to Cabinet Secretary Simon Case, said staff face serious harassment at work or fear fear of being victimised if they air their views that a a person's biological sex cannot be changed. They said the ideology on gender promoted by trans campaigners has become embedded in the civil service and is regarded as an undisputed fact. Now, on the same day here in Ireland, by the way, we've had those workshops in this country as well. Remember the HSE reported on it a while ago. In the same day here in Ireland, not only are we aware the government is spending money within the HSE and other government departments on those same type of gender workshops and demanding staff respect pronouns, Professor Don Loche has spoken out of fears of being cancelled. He's an eminent professor in medicine. He fears he's going to be cancelled when he suggested the HSE are ignoring medical facts in favour of an ideology and trans activism when it comes to the treatment of children who are identifying as trans. And he also said he believed there was an ideology at senior HSE level that has led to trans activists who want affirmative care and said the idea that you would have an activist-driven model of care within the medical setting is just unthinkable. And he went on to say... If you just say yes to everyone who wants to go on hormones without actually looking in some detail at the other health-related issues that are ongoing, uh, then you will end up with disasters like the one we saw in Tavistock. Well, uh, he also, we we said, uh, stop Tavistock, uh, and then a couple of weeks later we find out that they've established some kind of links with a clinic in Antwerp that is at least as bad, but if not likely worse. And Professor O'Shea claimed his concerns are an ongoing issue and his concerns are being silenced. And every time he goes to say something as a medical professor to the HSE, he's told, ah, don't talk about that. No, we don't, we don't speak of those things or you'll be cancelled. Anyway, politicians are being cancelled. They're even afraid to ask. If you ask any politician what is a woman, they won't even tell you anymore. They're afraid to answer the question. So what I want to ask you is, 
this is going down a road, I suppose, with the Equality Act on the way, of course, next year as well, as well as the Incitement to Hatred or Hate Speech Act as well. It's going down a road where we call compelled speech. In other words, if you work in the civil service, particularly our government departments, and it may work, into, work its way into the private sector, you will be compelled to use pronouns. So I want to ask you today, will you obey? Will you comply? If somebody in your job says, listen, I want to be known as a they, then, or a they, Z, or whatever it is, pronoun, or I'm biologically a man, but I want you to refer to me as a she, will you comply? Even if you don't believe it, will you comply just out of respect? Let me know what you think. The number 085-100-2255. Now, joining me to give us a little, enlighten us a little bit in relation to what's happening in the UK, uh, my good, a good friend, Helen Joyce, who's written many books in relation to this. Helen is Irish, living in the UK, and a very well-known author and journalist. Helen, good afternoon to you. Thanks for having me on, Niall. Helen, first of all, explain to us what is happening currently in Whitehall and why this has become such an issue. It's incredible that this has happened under a Conservative government. The Conservatives have been in power since 2010, but it has. What's happened is that uh, lobby groups have done a wholesale ideological uh, capture and uh, policy capture, in fact, right across Whitehall. So pretty much every government department now has people very senior in it who not only say that your sex is what you say it is, or you've no sex if you say you've no sex, but have laid down the law in their departments about this. So they did this by inviting in lobby groups like Stonewall, which says that trans women are women. For those who don't know, a trans woman is a man, a man mm. who says he's a woman. So what they're saying there is you are the sex you say you are. These people have been invited in. They've done training. They've you know infested HR departments. They've got. I've seen the videos, by the way. I've seen stuff. some. Of, I've seen some of the videos on your Twitter feed. Um, the video of uh, what looks like a man with a necklace yeah, on him it is a man. walking walk, walking into a woman's toilet and a woman objecting to it, and they're kind of saying like, "Don't be this person. You're you're kind of essentially bullying this man for walking into a woman's toilet." Yeah, and I mean, that's not the law in the UK. I'm very sorry to say it is in Ireland. You've got We brought in gender self-ID without anyone noticing in 2015, but we didn't in the UK. Uh, so it's not the law. The law is he's still a man. And it is the law here that employers have to provide single-sex toilets. So, I mean, this is really uncontroversially illegal, the way they're behaving. This is government departments telling their own staff that they're not to um, stand up for their own rights. And I was listening to what you were saying about free speech. And I mean, you and I are as one on this. Free speech is, you know, one of the foundational human rights. It's one of the ones that underpins the other ones. A wonderful speech, by the way, you gave in, in the RDS the other day. people, would they say it even if they don't believe it? Mm. It's not just because it's compelled speech or just because it's humiliating and degrading to be forced to say things that you don't believe. It's because you then can't stand up for your own rights. Mm -hmm. So if a woman is forced to say that a man is a woman when that man says he's a woman, how can she go to HR and say, excuse me, this man is using the women's toilets. Could you tell him to stop? Mm -hmm. She'd have to walk in and say, excuse me, this woman is using the women's toilets. Can you tell her to stop? And that makes no sense. So what they're doing is they're stealing the language that you need to stand up for your own rights. It's much worse than just compelled speech. In relation to what the article is saying, the papers today, that people have been referred, or this has been referred to Nazism, um, are people being abused? I know there was research done in relation to people who didn't agree with using the gender pronouns and how they were treated. I think something like 41% of them had been said they'd been abused or ostracized in work because they refused to use pronouns. I mean, what are the statistics on that? And, and are people being ostracized? Are they being cancelled within the civil service because they're refusing to comply? So are we at a point yet where we're, you know, similar to Canada, where you would have compelled speech? 
Oh, yeah, we completely were way past that point in the UK, way past, years past. I mean, nobody's doing the, the study that they would have to do because the civil service is captured. I mean, on anything else, they would be asking staff in their staff surveys, you know, do you feel that you are being harassed because of your sexual orientation or because of your religion or because of your race? Like those figures are collected, but they're not collecting any figures which say we, the civil service, are telling lies to our staff about what the law is and what biological reality is and we're mistreating anyone who won't go along with these lies by the way do you feel that you were one of the people who was mistreated so all i can tell you is that last year sex matters which is the campaign group that i work for which is about campaigning for clarity about uh, sex in law and policy making we put out a call for evidence we said to people um do you do you care about single sex spaces if so tell us why and people wrote us essays Essays about how they had a man who was using the women's toilets and showers at work and they could say nothing about it because they had been told they weren't allowed to say anything. Uh, women saying that they there was a, a really perverted weirdo bloke who's using the swimming pool that their daughter uses, how they had gone into the loo at a pub to get away from a creepy bloke and he had followed them in and when they tried to get rid of this bloke, he said, but I'm a woman and they were the ones who were kicked out. Thousands of stories like this. They aren't, um, that, that is not a statistical uh, sample of the country because we haven't mm. done that. What we've done is just ask people for evidence. Like, why do you care about single sex spaces? And there was this overwhelming sentiment that these women said. They said, I never went back anywhere that they didn't have to be. Once that thing had happened, they never went back to that pub. They never went back to that gym. They never went back to that swimming pool. But you can't do that at work. Are you to move from your employer? So we did get some stories from civil servants and some stories about workplaces. And women said things like, we were told that this bloke in IT, uh, you know, I'm making up name now, um, Joseph, mm. he's coming into work. She's coming into work as Josephine on Monday. Of course, she can use the women's toilets because trans women are women. And every woman in that workplace silently arranged to go to a different toilet for the rest of their working career. They go That's to a different sad, floor or a they, different building. I mean, so look, every, everybody deserves their dignity. On all yeah. these women and they're not allowed to speak to stand up for their rights. Everybody deserves their dignity and their space. Uh, you know, and particularly yeah. over the years, we've always said that women more so than men, men tend not to, not to be too concerned about those things. But women particularly deserve their dignity and their space when it comes to bathrooms, changing rooms or whatever it happens to be. But what it's reminding me of is I, I'm an atheist and I've often said this to people that I respect somebody else's belief in God. If they want to believe God, that makes them feel good. I'm quite happy for them. But I would never expect them to demand that I believe in God or that I, you know, worship their God, be it Allah or be it Jesus or God or whoever it happens to be. You know, I would never expect that. And if somebody did turn around to me and say, well, you can't work here unless you believe in God and sit, kneel down and say your prayers every day. Well, you know, that would be illegal to force me to do that. So why are we being, or why are people being forced? Because they certainly wouldn't force me to do it. But why are people being forced to play along with what some people would refer to as you have in your books as well as an ideology? Because your book, of course, is called Ideology Meets Reality. So for many people, it's not a reality. For some, clearly it is. So why are we being forced to, to play along with an ideology? Because it's an ideology, a quite cult-like ideology, in fact, that has been misclassified as a civil rights movement. So it is just not a fact. It is a falsehood that a trans woman is a woman. He's a man. But if you want to believe he's a woman, go right ahead. I'm also an atheist and even religious people are, don't believe in all religions. So mm. anyone listening to us, there are many things that at least a billion people in this planet believe that you don't believe. And you're used to just being able to not believe it. You know, you're not rude about your Muslim colleagues or your Hindu colleagues, or your Jewish colleagues, or your Christian colleagues. But if they were to say to you, 
you too have to, you know, wash your hands the way I do, or, you know, take Saturdays as the Shabbat or whatever, you would say, no, I don't, it's not my mm. religion. This has been wrongly classified as a civil rights movement. And so when you say a trans woman is a man, you're taken as saying something equivalent to, you know, black people are subhuman. And that's why the Nazism correspond, uh, uh, the Nazism um, comparison. So in UK law, their religion or belief is a protected characteristic. And that means you can't be discriminated against for it or for not holding it. The two mm. things are symmetric. Yeah. So a Muslim employer can't say, I will only have Muslim employees. Uh, but likewise, you can't get rid of a Muslim employee. Well, we have the same thing here under the equality, under the equality yeah. Act here in Ireland. We have the same thing. You can't be discriminated against for believing or not believing or being a man exactly. or being a woman. So, or whatever so this is now a belief that was recognised. My colleague at Sex Matters, Maya Forstatter, was uh, let go from her job for saying that she believed that trans women are men, which is, of course, true. Um, and she had to go to court. She went to employment tribunal and she won in the higher court um, and they had discriminated against her. It's exactly the same what they did in law here as firing a Jewish person or firing a Christian person for stating in a non-obnoxious, straightforward, simple, polite language way their beliefs. And they had to pay compensation. But this still just goes on that uh, people are told all over the country because they've got these bad trainings. I mean, I was just sent one this morning in which, um, you know, a woman was saying, well, why can't I wear, uh, you know, a badge that says adult, human, female, when my colleagues come in saying, um, you know, trans women are women. Yeah. And the answer she was told is that her employer, which is a government employer, by the way, uh, those people are wearing something that their employer agrees with and she's not. Now, that's right. just straightforwardly illegal, but that's what's being said because nobody's mm. stopping it. We're going to have to have a whole bunch of legal cases to flush this rubbish out or else the government has to act. Like, that's what I want I, to see. I want to see the government telling senior civil servants, send a memo out, tell every single civil servant in this country that they can write direct to me if they see this and heads will roll. Then it would stop. On a more serious note, of course, yesterday, uh, Professor Donald O'Shea here, a professor of medicine, has said that he also believed there was an ideology at senior HSE levels that is led by transgender activists who want affirmative care and said that the idea that you would have an activist-driven model of care within the medical setting is just unthinkable. He also suggested, by the way, that if he even dares to say anything, he has now fears that he'll be cancelled. That even suggests he's basically told, we don't talk about these things. He says, no, we can't talk about this, we'll be cancelled. That's who's been told in relation to the political circles. And he's also said none of our concerns are being addressed. They've just said, stop speaking about it. I mean, this is an incredible situation where you have a medical doctor, a professor saying, I don't think it's a good idea to put children on puberty blockers just like that. We need to check everything, make sure everything is right, because, of course, there can be irreversible side effects. The NHS now is not prescribing them either because of fears, you know, in the future for being sued, possibly, because uh, there might be side effects. And you have a medical professor saying, let's take stock here. Let's look at this. And the head of the HSC, the senior figures in the HSC are saying, no, sorry, look, don't get involved in this. Oh, you know, we've been told by the trans activists that this is OK. We need to do this. I mean, it's amazing that uh, this is happening in one sense, but it's also completely predictable. Like, it's funny that, that Don Loger uses the phrase um, unthinkable. It's not unthinkable. It's exactly what happened at the Tavistock Clinic here. Literally exactly what happened. Mermaids, which is the big trans lobby group, was set up by parents of kids who identified as trans. And it's just, you know, it's all trans all the time. Like, they're just trans kids like that. They think that anyone who tries to say, you know, could this actually be a kid who's confused about their sexuality? Or could this be a girl who's very disturbed by porn she's seen from her classmates? Or, you know, is this the new eating disorders? Anyone who says things like that, no, this, if the child says they're trans, they're trans. 
for your I mean, and, and we, we, we stopped sending children to Tavistock, but he fears now that we're now, we've now obviously done some sort of deal or established a link with a new clinic in Antwerp. Um, and he says, which is at least as bad, if not likely worse. So but we're again, going from... that's the way it's working here in the UK. They're, they, they're closing JIDS, which is the Gender Identity Development Service at the Tavistock. It's the kids' clinic. And they're establishing four regional centres. And all that's going to happen is that the activists will overtake them and they, there won't be the singular focus that there was in the TAVI because it's not just one place that people are looking at. So, you know, these activists are, they, they, they will stop at nothing. I don't know what drives them because all they mm -hmm. seem to want to do is to sterilize children. I mean, it's it's super evil. We're not talking about this for fun. I'm not talking about this just as some, you know, abstract thought experiment. These people are sterilizing children. That's what you- He, he did mention that them. actually as well. Now I know he is in favor, favor of affirmative care and, and of the best options for children, but he did mention that as well. Though kind of side effects which are possible i would love to spend the next two hours talking to you because I've, you've a lot to say helen and some of your books are amazing by the way i've, I've read them and they're unbelievable to a great read by the way if anybody's interested you can go along and grab them when ideology meets reality is one but there are many others as well but the, the one thing i wanted to ask you just to, before you go is of course ireland's hate speech laws uh, come in very very shortly we're also going to be having a referendum on equality as well do you fear that the hate speech laws and the equality act or the rearranged equality act do you fear that will put people in a position where compelled speech will become a legal requirement, whereby if you don't use the compelled speech, it would be considered to be hate speech? In other words, if I'm in a workplace and somebody says, listen, I identify as a they, them, or I identify as a woman and I'm a biological man, and I refuse to play along with that, and I say, well, that's fine, but, you know, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't recognize that. Well, then that's hate speech. You're going to go to jail or you're going to be charged. Do you fear the two are intrinsically linked? In other words, we'll come to a point next year with this legislation, which is pushed through by Helen McEntee, the Justice Minister, uh, that we'll be in a situation where we will have no choice. I mean, you always have a choice. You know, you have civil resistance as a choice. I don't fear it. I know it. That's what's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. You only have to look at the way that the hate speech is written. They've given this circular definition of gender identity. They've non-defined hate. Uh, you know, it's not that any particular instance of it will necessarily be prosecuted, but there will be the fear of it. There will be the chilling effect. We are going to have to stand up, accept civil disobedience and see it, take it through the courts. Only way to fight back. Well, listen, I got to thank you very much indeed for joining us, Helen Joyce. I will speak to you again. I know a lot of people are very interested in what you have to say, and I'd love to speak to you about many other issues as well affecting the communities. But thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you Thanks joining now. us today. Thank you. And there you go, Helen Joyce, um, author, journalist. And as I said, the book is called When Ideology Meets Reality. And you can grab that book in all usual places, Amazon and all the usual places, all right? Um, and there are other books too by Helen Joyce if you look her up or Google her. Now, obviously, Helen has a particular opinion and uh, you may agree with her or you may disagree with her. But there is no doubt in my mind this is a problem. And for many people, a large percentage of the population don't believe that a biological man can become a woman. They just don't believe that. And my view is they're entitled not to believe that if they don't want to believe it. The idea that you would demand within the civil service, do workshops, and demand that we all behave ourselves and adhere to it, or what's happening right now in the UK, and the, the story in the news yesterday, of course, demanding that you go to these workshops, and when you're at these workshops, they give you little videos and you know of how you must address people, and you must accept this as being a reality. When in your mind, you know this is not a reality. It'd be like me going to a workshop for Christians, and them saying, okay, if you go to work here, you have to accept God exists. And you must say your prayers, by the way, twice a day too. I wouldn't do it because I don't believe in a God. 
But I do respect people's belief in God. But I don't have to believe in God to respect their belief. In other words, if somebody believes they're a woman and they're a man, fire away. I couldn't care less as long as you're over 18 years of age. Do what you want. But don't ask me to play along with it because I don't believe it. So, do you understand what I'm saying? What we're doing is we're demanding that everybody agree with what is a tiny percent of the population. I want to know, will you be... I mean, look, some people will say, just to balance it out, let's just be respectful. Sure, what harm is it just to call somebody a she if they want to be called a she or let them use the women's jacks if that's what they want to do? What harm is it? And that's what people will say. Is it any harm? Would you be playing along with compelled, what they call compelled speech? Let me know. The number, as usual, 085-100-2255. Let me go to Carl, if I can. Carl Dieter. Carl, good afternoon to you. Hey, Noel. Carl, I mean, this is becoming a problem when you've Professor Donald O'Shea coming out and saying the HSE senior, at the senior level, are telling, basically, professors of medicine, listen, don't talk about puberty blockers, don't talk about any of that, just shut up, you'll be cancelled. Let's just go along with it. Yeah, it, 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 it strikes me as quite a crazy proposition. I, I, I think that not saying something for fear that you'll be shut down is actually a, a form of zealous religion. Uh, it'll be the kind of thing that you can't be an apostate if you're not a believer. We punish you. And and strangely enough... Oh, oh I do apologise. Sorry, Carl. I just lost you. I should have actually just reset that before I started. I do apologise. I apologise to my producer as well. That was my fault. So I'm sorry. You're just going to have to grab Carl back there again if you possibly can. I do apologize. Yes. Sorry. And I'm going to read out some of your messages and texts and WhatsApps just while I'm waiting there. Uh, some of the messages that are coming in. Bet Weaver says, uh, not a big deal. And yet another attempt to create a mountain out of a molehill. Most people here find it very easy to use nicknames. Some prefer others uh, to address them by their own nicknames because they don't like the name they were given at birth. Pronouns ain't much different. Oh, bet. I think it's a bit different, isn't it? Paulie says, by the way, only if the HR insists that everyone in the office has to address me by my adjectives of my choosing. I understand that. More gaslighting feeding um, to the lads, whatever that means. The zone you are putting trans people in is a very dangerous one. We had a preview outside Leinster House last week. Well, uh, what happened outside Leinster House last week was despicable, by the way. People want to protest. They're quite entitled to protest. Absolutely. But you're not entitled to use violence. Let me go to Carl. Sorry again. Carl. Um, you know, the idea that Beth there says online that it's the same as using somebody's nickname. For example, if I want you to call me Pato, you know what I mean? You'd probably happily do that. So why won't you just call me a girl? Yeah, as I was saying, I, I, don't, I don't really have an issue with, with people saying I'd prefer if you called me something. I mean, everyone has a preference. And if I said that I prefer that you acknowledge that I'm seven feet tall, uh, you know, you might be willing to play along with that charade. But I don't think it should be something that is punishable by cancellation. I was, what I was saying to you about before my line dropped is that like, this has all the hallmarks of a psychotic, zealous, religious obsession. It just doesn't come from a strict religion, you know, like Islam or, or Christianity, but it is effectively the religion of the progressive liberals and, and the far left uh, nowadays. And, you know, telling people that they have to go to train for understanding this why not train the civil service for efficiency? The fact is we actually have a civil servant class and they're more concerned with gender pronouns, climate change and work from home than they are with growing the economy or giving the taxpayer value for money. And, you know, do people will say, well, can we not just do it out of respect? You know what I mean? And, and if you don't respect, well, then you shouldn't be there. You know, so if you're working in the HSC or you're working in the civil service department, particularly or public sector, you've gone to these workshops and somebody says, well, you know, 
I'm a biological man, okay, but, 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 but I want to use the men's. Where, I want to use the women's where toilets. Where does that line of is that does that line of respect have any constraint? So can a, a you know someone who's 50 say I want to be acknowledged for my 21st birthday, which I believe now I'm I'm 20 and I'm turning 21. Can you say that I want my desk changed because I believe myself to be nine feet tall? Can I choose to be acknowledged as the Queen of England or something else? The point is, I think most people have a natural predisposition to be respectful towards the people they're around. But that's different than saying we have to train you to become, in, you know, uh, indoctrinated into this way of thinking. And that's a very different proposition. So we need to get, we need to draw the line between being respectful to someone who might be working with you and they're trans and saying that this is the official dogma that you have to believe or you're in trouble. They're two very different things. I think most people can... But we're, we're being told thing. that. We're being told, for example, you know, although people will use biology and scientific facts and say, look, you know, you're not a woman, you're actually a man, you were born a man. They'll say, well, okay, sorry, gender and sex are two completely different things. My gender is actually female. I was born in the wrong body. And, this, and they'll say, that's a scientific fact, and I want you to respect that. Well, then, look, I mean, we, we have to try and define what is a man, what is a woman. And, and the people who are in, in the gender ideology space usually don't actually have an answer for that. But so, your politicians okay. don't even have an answer for that. Well, I mean, if you don't have an answer for something, how can I get behind agreeing with whatever it is or isn't? Like, like this is the problem. When you actually examine this at its root, it's not really about the respect of trans people. It's about imposing an ideological dogma on society, which comes from the far left. Which is the, the which is by the way the political ideology that I hate the most because it was responsible for the death of a hundred million people uh, since since its its kind of modern iteration and that is not something I have any respect for so anything that comes from the far left I normally have a, a healthy dose of skepticism towards from the very get go but for instance if I said I want doors changed in height because I'm nine feet tall you know that's the same as you know changing something that the structure of a building might normally have because you want to, uh, to to say that, you know, different people... I, okay, well, let, well, let, let me ask you a straight question then. If I'm working in an office building within the civil service and I come in on Monday and say, from now on, I want to be referred to as Nolene and not Nile anymore, um, should I be allowed to use the women's toilets? I think it's probably up to the women in the office. Um, like, as, as a man, I'm not really affected. You see, this, a lot of this stuff, by the way... No, I'm, no, I'm talking about from a legal point of view. Should I be allowed to use the women's toilets? But, if the women object to it, let's say, it was, let's say some of the women object to it. If the women weren't happy with it, I would say no. Because you see, the, the whole thing is, is a lot, of the, a lot of the battleground on this is always about the male invasion of female spaces, the male invasion of female sports. And I don't see that kind of stuff as any different than Michael Jordan getting in a wheelchair and playing as a Paralympian, a Paralympic basketballer. Like, even if he was able to do it, I'd say you are, you know, cheating. an interloper. Yeah, it's cheating. I can acknowledge. Yeah. Well, well, it's yeah, an unfair advantage. There's yeah, there's different ways of viewing the world, and some people want to say, "No, whatever you want to be, you can be." I would say that whatever you want to be, you can be from a kind of philosophical point of view, but from an actual biological, factual point of view, you can't be whatever you want to be. So I can't be a conjoined twin. I'm not one. I cannot be a woman. I cannot be eight feet tall. I cannot be two feet tall. There are certain things that are facts. And they are objective facts. And if people want to entertain my my interpretation of what the facts should be, I think that's respectful. I think civil society should encourage that. But then there becomes a point where it pushes too far. And I think most people acknowledge that. And most people say, yeah, there's a difference between me having common love and respect for my fellow man or woman. 
But that's not the same as you forcing your ideology on me. And that's the thing is that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. this is actually more about forcing okay. ideology on people rather than making, a, in this case, a better civil service. Why don't they actually say, why don't we cut down wait times on passports? Why don't we cut down wait times in hospitals? Why don't we try and save some money? Instead, we're spending time and effort on, on what is effectively an ideological campaign. Yeah. Okay, okay, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, Carl. I appreciate you coming on to talk to us, Carl Dieter. Let me go to Cormac as well. Cormac, hi, how are you? I'm very good. Well, sorry I hope for keep- your producer is getting better. Yeah, sorry for keeping you waiting. My producer, he's still in hospital. Still in hospital. Uh, well, we, we, all, all the best to him. Yeah, uh, hopefully. He's hoping to get out during the week at some point when they find out exactly what it is that's wrong with him. Unfortunately, they haven't identified that yet. But anyway, um, and thank you, and I'm, I'll pass it on to him. I'm sure he's listening at the moment, actually, so he'd be delighted to hear you saying that. Cormac, <laughs> if you were working in the civil service, and this probably will move to the private sector as well, I can see it all across the UK too. I mean, would you, uh, if you were compelled to use pronouns or gender pronouns, um, would you do it out of respect? No, I wouldn't. And uh, it's very hard to add to what Carl uh, said. He's one of the most practical commentators on radio at the moment. Uh, However, I would come at it from a slightly different angle. I see it as an erosion of liberties. And uh, there's only two people in the world at the moment with power who are standing up for our liberties, and that's the Premier of Poland and Donald Trump. Now, uh, if, 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 if you look at what's happening to us, There's restrictions on our liberties all over the place. I have absolutely nothing against the gay community. In fact, uh, I admire them. Uh, I hope they've all got wonderful lives. Uh, Gayness is simply a uh, a reflection of of fact, Mm -hmm. and I wish them all the best. However, if a man transes to be a woman, why does he want to be called a trans? Why not just a Why woman? Why should we refer to him as a trans? He's either a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. If he transfer, if if a woman transfers, trans to be a, a man, why would she object to be calling a man? There's only two genders on the earth. Do you believe those the genders are? Genders in, do you believe and, genders? Uh, are... And some 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 of some some of the people are gay. Now, if a gay person wants to trans to be from a man to be a woman, why would he object to be called a woman? Why would he want to use the men's toilets? Do you believe that sex is interchangeable? Or gender is interchangeable? Both ways. No, No, it shouldn't be interchangeable. It's it's absolutely disgusting. Disgusting? Now, that's a kind of strong word, isn't it? No, it's not a strong word. I don't want to be uh, uh, passing urine in front of a woman. Mm Mm-hmm. And a woman surely doesn't want to be passing urine in front of a man. Maybe they do. So, uh, like Carl, like Carl, you believe a lot of this is about the invasion of women's spaces and women's rights because the majority of trans people, by the way, are men who become women. I I believe it's a curtailment of people's rights. It's part of the woke society that's going on. If you look at what's happening in the United States under Biden. He's insisting in certain states that children under the age of six can become, can uh, be mutilated for trans purposes. Well, I, I don't know. Now, now, to be fair, Cormac, I don't think they're, ha- they're doing surgery on six-year-olds. They are doing surgery on six-year-olds. I haven't he's seen any evidence an that. He's taken an action in two states in the United States, forcing the governor of the states to permit 
trans operations on children of minors the under the age. Yeah. But I, I now I haven't seen that, Cormac. I'm quite horrified by that, if that's true. But I haven't seen six-year-olds. Now, I do know that they do allow six-year-olds to identify as the opposite gender, but and they put people on puberty, or children on puberty blockers at a very young age. But I haven't seen surgery done on children at the age of six. Well, you're, you're not following the media in the United States because RTE is simply a conduit of CNN. When is the last time a Fox News reporter has been interviewed by RTE? When has a, a, a Republican senator been interviewed in RTE? Any Republican senator interviewed in RTE in the last two years has been anti-Trump and, and effectively a Democrat. No, I would agree with you. RTE is simply a conduit of, uh, of CNN, and Joe Duffy and uh, Ryan Tuberty were the two main... Uh, proponents of that, and Cooper in uh, in very well, yeah, but but we have we yeah, but hang on. In fairness to the Joe Duffy show, they did do like a four day long thing in relation to going back six months ago there, and so they ended up in an awful had, lot of trouble. They had, they had three Democrats and one Republican on that debate. No, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is they still ended up in trouble over it, and they were nearly called in before the Oireachtas Committee because you have to understand that many people in media are terrified to even approach the subject because if they do, they find themselves in trouble. Yeah, you, I mean, if, if you listen to what Professor Donald O'Shea said, yes, here's an eminent professor of medicine said that he's afraid to even speak out for fear that he loses job. Well, that's his problem. Well, it, well, it, well, it's not just his problem; it's a societal problem. Yes, yes, but it's time for people like him, a person of influence, to stand up and be counted. But that's, e but that's easy for you to say, and he did, by the way, in fairness, he did stand up and be counted. But it's easy for us to say that when we saw, for example, during COVID, uh, doctors and professors lost their jobs because they didn't agree with lockdowns, for example. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for a person, an individual who might have a family and a mortgage and everything else, they don't want to lose their job. I know that, Niall, but I remember a debate you had with, uh, uh, in which I participated on uh, uh, science um, and uh, when I made a comment, your, your, your commentator came back at me and said, the, the science says this, that and the other. What was Fauci saying about uh, COVID? He got it all wrong. He was funding the lab that released the COVID. No, I and know. yet we have commentators coming on your show quoting science. No, 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 I know. I know, Cormac, I'm with you 100% of the way. And to be fair, or to me, I think, over the last three years when it came to COVID, I think I was reasonably fair on the air in, in relation to my attitude towards it and the people that I brought on the air. But, but getting back to this particular debate, well, hang on, hang on, stay there just for a second, because I want to bring Norman in as well while you're there. Just stay there. Uh, Norman, hi, okay. how are you? Hello, hello, Niall. How are things? Good. No, getting back to the original point is, you know, gender workshops. In other words, would yeah. you, are you okay with referring to somebody as the opposite gender or their, their chosen identity in the workplace? Do you feel that's okay? If, if, if they wish to, to be referred, then I, I don't have a problem with it, no. Okay. And why do you well, think people do have well, a problem with it? I, I think there's a lot of confusion with things. Uh, particularly with sexuality and gender, and and from I must say for both sides, I'm I look in the, I feel like I'm in the middle. Uh, there was a thing with J.K. Rowling, and I see people making um, attacks on each other from both sides, and, yeah. and they're quite uh, quite horrendous. I think it seems that both sides have lost the plot. I don't know what they're talking about. 
it's got very confusing. And and I think we have to stick to the facts, you know, is a person at a certain age capable of deciding what their sexuality or gender is? And, and that's open for debate. Uh, well, I, I, I think you could, you could absolutely decide what your sexuality is, because, of course, you have an attraction to either same sex or... or or the opposite uh, side. But when it comes, I meant gender. Yeah, but okay. When it comes to your gender, do you, do you do you really decide what your gender is? Do you make is that something you make a decision you make yourself? It's it's very difficult. I don't know. I'm, I I'd say it's very confusing. It, 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 no, I'm asking you. Like, I'm asking you. Forget about being confusing. I'm asking you. Okay. Can you decide what your gender is? Can I decide tomorrow that I want that I'm a woman? Can I decide that? I, I think if you, if you can feel that way, if you feel... If okay, you, I feel 21. Can I decide I'm 21 tomorrow? <laughs> I, know I'm, I, I know you laugh, but I'm being genuine. <laughs> it's a biological fact that I'm 60, actually. I was 60 on Friday. That's a biological <laughs> fact. I'm 60 years on this planet. There's no disputing that. But but can I de- identify as a... Tw- thank you very much. Can I identify as a 21-year-old? Because I kind of feel 21. Can I identify as a 21-year-old? Would you respect yeah, well, that? How, 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 Would you how come to my twenty-first? Actually, well, I will. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I know I'm being flippant, and I know it sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. But but is that is that yeah. not the same thing? If you're identifying as it's, something it's that you're really, technically no. not, should you respect it's, it's it? It's quite complex. Yeah, but uh, a person's sexuality apparently there's four uh, ways of, of of looking at a person's um, sexuality or gender. Uh, this, I was reading something recently, but it was something about in the brain that there's some kind of uh, uh, part of the brain that decides what, what partially what your gender is. So it's, it's not as simple as a biological if you have a penis or don't have a penis. Well, it's to do with it's to do with your chromo- well, it's to do with your chromosomes and your genitalia. Is this is, is, sorry, Niall? Is this more science? Uh, it is is this more science, science that says yeah. your brain determines yeah. what that there's four categories of gender? What an absurd piece of science. It doesn't have to be. You don't know. I'm not a scientist. I, I'm not a biologist. So uh, I'm just quoting from... No, well, you, I, but you, you've, you've just and quoted I, I a scientific study. Yeah. And would yeah, you, do that, you agree that, with that, that study? I think it's interesting. I think it's worth thinking about. I think it's worth contemplating and not just pushing aside. If, if they're saying... They're, how does your brain... How, how, does, how does your brain determine whether you're a man or a woman? I, I don't know. I'm not an expert. Well, uh, neither brain, do I. The Therefore, the science, no. the science is absurd. It's absurd. It's not necessarily absurd. It's not necessarily absurd. It, it, there are people who, who know more about how the brain works than you or me do, than you or I do. Well, you, do you, you, know uh, if you're, you know if you're a man or a woman, don't you, Norman? Uh, I, 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 I guess so. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Carmack, for a second. You guess so. How does your, how does your yeah, brain change I, I, your I, physiology? It doesn't change your physiology. Your, your, your brain determines how you think about the world and how you act in the world and how you feel as a person. That's what your brain does. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with yeah. you in, on the basis that, let's say Peter wants to be called Paula in work. I would have absolutely yeah. no difficulty with that. I just don't yeah. want her. Com- uh, I, I just don't want a woman coming in watching me urinating in my own toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I you high, know, if, if, yeah, if somebody wants I, to no be a different I'm gender. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. if, if you want to go by your study, Norman, which is quite an interesting study that you talk about, as I just said to you a few moments ago, I feel 21. Yeah. My brain is telling yeah. me I'm 21, but I'm not. I'm 60, so I have to be careful what I do, obviously. So, obviously, so because yeah. my brain yeah. tells me I'm 21 or my brain tells me that I feel 40, whatever, is that, does, does that make it a fact then? 
It doesn't make it a fact, but it no. probably makes you a lot more lively and happier. And 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 okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, but that, that's fair enough. Yeah. But it doesn't still doesn't make it a fact. It does make you physically younger. No, it does make you into a twenty. No, so there is there is otherwise. there is you know biology involved here. Yeah. I, okay, so back oh, to exactly. back to my previous question. Before I come to David and Jill, um, yeah, in relation yeah. to my previous question, um, yeah. you, are you a man? Um. <laughs> oh Jesus yeah, I, Christ! It's not a difficult question. That's below the bells. That's below the bells. <laughs> are you a man, Norman? Are you a man, Norman? It, it, it depends what your definition of a man is. I, I, I don't. Oh see, Jesus! I look. Yeah, I look at women, <laughs> and I think I don't belong in that group. Okay. Look at men, well, okay, so you I, don't belong in a group that's women. Well, then I'm assuming you're a man. So. Well, I look at men and I think I don't know. I don't particularly feel. I, a, a are, you with that group. Are, are, are you trans? Are you trans? Are you trans? No, I'm not a trans. No, no, no. What are so you? What are you? I don't know. I'm just a human being. That's sexually yeah, attracted. Yeah, that's to it. Some, yeah, many genders are. I don't know. Many genders are. I don't know. You, you're There's two about genders, purely, male and female. You talk about purely physical, but the, here again, we're getting caught up in this thing. I don't care if a person identifies as a male or female. It's how they are as a person. And also, uh, yeah, no, I think we're in agreement. The Can only difference, finish? the yeah. only difference. The only difference is Norman doesn't really know what he is. Do, <laughs> yeah. do, do, do you agree problem. with trans? Do you, do you agree with trans people using alternate toilets? I, I've no problem with toilets. I, I, I was in Amsterdam 40 years ago and I went to the toilet and I came out and there was women there. I went back in again to the cubicle so I found it the wrong toilet. But that's a, that's a different kettle of fish. You've gone into the wrong toilet. That's just a mistake. Well, do you agree? Uh, the point Cormac is making is is that we all know that people deserve their dignity in space. So do do you agree that it's okay for a man or a biological man to use a women's toilet or bathroom or changing room? You think it's okay? Yeah. Okay. Stay, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to David if I can. David, hi. How are you? Stay there, Norman. David, hi. How are you? How are you now? Good to hear from you. Good. David, I mean, this idea that there's workshops going on, you know, within the HSC and also across the United Kingdom, we've seen this on the news this morning, and the people are being compelled to use pronouns. Um, do you agree with it? No, I don't. I don't think people should be compelled to to go along with a belief that they don't believe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In other words, think, you wouldn't yeah. be forced to believe in God, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't force somebody to go into a church and say, "Right, kneel down there and worship the God you don't believe it." Yeah. Even though I'm a I'm a believer myself, like, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be like, "Yeah, now if I if I had power over the country, I wouldn't be forcing people to go into mass." It's, it's different. But it, but it's actually it, counter it's, it's actually counter effective. In fact, if you want somebody to believe in your beliefs, it should be won over with with a kind of a robust discussion and. A winning of heart. No. Well, the, well, the argument is, and I suppose Norman will make the argument, and workplaces will make the argument, and the British government and the HSC here will make the argument, that it's just respectful. So, you know, if Johnny in your job, you know, wants to be, you know, I don't know, Karen on Monday, and, and you know, dresses as a woman and identifies as Karen, that you should just respect that. And refer to and them as Karen it's kind and of, she. It's kind of a, it's a weird thing because... You know, in my normal day-to-day -day life, I don't encounter this situation very often. Mm. But, um, but you may do you know, in the future. The there's a, counter, a situation where I kind of where I was just like, it, it, I wasn't sure if the person I was talking to was a man or a woman. 
Yeah, well, so that's happened, yeah. In, in those situations, I just try and think of what's what's the most, what's the best way I can kind of facilitate. Like, I've often been in that situation, particularly when you're on the phone to somebody. Actually, you can't see, you don't know whether yeah, somebody's yeah, man or, or they just be cautious around using any pronouns. But but David, I'm, no, I'm asking you a question. So getting back to these workshops in the UK and Ireland, where they're demanding that you respect a pronoun. And people are saying, you know, 41% of people have said that they've been abused by being uh, gender critical and even called Nazis for being gender critical. Do you, do you think it's okay or acceptable for you to turn around and say, well, no, I don't respect that that's a woman. As far as I'm concerned, it's a man and I'm not going to refer to her as a woman. Should you be allowed to do that? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, you, should, you shouldn't be forced to go along with anything like, like that. That's just, that the government has taken a particular position this is right and everything else is wrong. And if you go against that position, you will be punished. So I don't agree with that. I think people, I think the, I think it's too much government oversight. I think people should be able to kind of, we should have a free enough society that people should work out their own way on how to negotiate, how to navigate this mm. kind of social issue. People should be able to have the freedom to, to navigate this themselves. And maybe there should be guidelines but there shouldn't be any, and I think we all know what's disrespectful and what's respectful. If I disagree with you about something, um, that's, that's an honest disagreement. If I call you names and say you're, you're uh, you know, an arsehole or something like that or, or whatever, like that, that's, that's not a discussion. But Helen Joyce at the start of the show made a point that in the UK, for example, if a woman goes to HR and says, I don't agree with a man using the bathroom, they can be in trouble because they would have to say, I don't agree with a woman because the man is no longer a man and is now trans, uh, or is now a woman. So in other words, they, they can't disagree with the idea of the music in the bathroom, but they also can't even complain about it because if they do complain and use the wrong gender, they're also in trouble. Well, that's a kind of, that's a kind of a physical policy issue, in which case I think it should be a case that women, like, bio, I think that should be down to your biological uh, state, in which case if I'm a man, I should be using a man's toilet. And uh, what happens if you're a man who identifies as a woman? Well, again, I mean, it should. It, I mean, I believe that um, I believe that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And I know there's things like uh, gender dysphoria and stuff like that. And I feel like people who have that should be given kind of all the support that that one would need for something like that. Um, but mm-hmm. insofar as these policies are concerned, I think it's. I mean, I. I don't know if you've ever been to Belfast. There's a museum called the W5 Museum. It's, it's uh, the science museum in um, in the Odyssey in Belfast. And there's a there's a there's a, a hu- two human skulls. One is male and one is female. And they're and they're they're able to tell you which one is male and female because the the um, the design of the skull mm. is, uh, is, is completely different. Yeah. So we we are men are different to women. Oh no! If you're found in ten thousand years by an anthropologist buried in the ground somewhere, David, they'll know you're a bloke. <laughs> they'll exactly. know. They'll know by the shape of your bones. For example, you will have narrower hips, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. D- David, say that because I need to go to Jill and Adam. Um, Jill, hi. How are you? Hi. How are you? Can you hear me? I can, Jill. Go ahead. Um, I just want to respond, please, to the point you were asking about what should civil servants do if and when. Could you, Jill, do me a favour. I, I don't know if you're talking into the phone or you're using a speakerphone, but it's very difficult to hear. You're a bit low. Can you hear me better now? That's much better, Jill. Thank you. Sorry about that. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to respond to this point about um, men seeking to use women's loos. And this is 
Um, I started the website Women's Space Ireland with a view to helping raise awareness about the law as it is now, what's happening. And this is one of the first things I wanted to find out about. And under the Equal Status Act, it says quite clearly that there are exemptions from um, considering everything as discrimination in certain provision of goods and services. And one of these is on the gender ground, which is defined as where one is male and the other is female. Mm -hmm. And this whole issue has caused such confusion that Neve Smith TD asked a question of Heather Humphreys back in 2021 and asked about the Gender Recognition Act. Did that mean that men were entitled to use women's services, women's facilities rather? And Heather Humphreys said... uh, that it was up to the courts to decide. So how are ordinary men and women in the civil service or in businesses or in schools or anywhere else to know whether men or boys are allowed to use uh, women's or girls' facilities? Um, And this is permeating also into business, not just the civil service. So IBEC, for instance, has guidelines which it produced for its members. And at the top of it, it says, this guidance has been endorsed by Transgender Equality Network Ireland. And it first of all says that transgender people should have the right. And then later on, in a sample policy document, it says they do have the right. I have it in front of me. Mm. I'll just try and scroll down with one finger to see if I can see exactly where it says it. So clearly, this suggests that... um, uh, well, the word the word should I, and could are two different words, obviously. So exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I get that. And um, if um, can I if, can I ask you a question, Jill? And I'm sorry yes, to take you ahead. take you off what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm not disregarding the point you're making, and, and it's a very important point. But it, when we look at the what we're talking about today in, in relation to what's happening in the UK um, within the civil service in these workshops. And the idea mm. that they're demanding and the sex equality and equity network as well um, are saying which they believe the biological sex is binary and immutable um, and they've been targeted by women's rights groups um, and that the words Nazism is being used unless you adhere or comply. Um, mm. In other words, that if somebody within the workplace you know, transitions and says from now on I want you to call me Maureen and they were called Jack before and they want you to use the word she and they want you to, you know, accept that they use the women's bathrooms and you disagree with that, that essentially people can be cancelled or lose their jobs if you don't comply. Do you think that's acceptable? Of course it isn't acceptable. It's also um, is a terrible, um, I'm trying to think of the correct word, but it, it, um, it trivialises the terrible uh, um, murders and abuse and torture of of Jewish people and others during the Holocaust to make any suggestion that this is Nazism of any type. Women are simply defending our own rights from colonisation by men trying to use our facilities, our name, um, erasing our name as in uh, the HSC, anyone with a cervix, um, sports, as you know well, um, mm-hmm. awards. There's a whole um, plethora of ways in which uh, and I completely sympathise with men who also don't want women using, our, uh, using their facilities. Men have just as much right to single-sex facilities. And of course, they would be equally embarrassed if women uh, came into their facilities. Stay there just for a second, if you can. Stay with me, Jill, please. Let me just go to Adam. Um, Adam, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. Um, Adam, nice to have you on, on, on a topic that you would be a little bit more familiar with, familiar with to some degree. You've listened to Helen <laughs> Joyce. I don't know whether you listened to the start of the show. 
But I, I brought in two examples today, which is what's happening in the civil service, both in Ireland and in the UK, more so in the UK at the moment. And also Professor Donal O'Shea, who's a professor of medicine, suggesting that senior level HSE officials are not listening to him. He's more or less been told to shut up when it comes to medicine, when they're talking about treating and affirming care for young trans kids. In other words, he's talking about puberty blockers and the dangers of puberty blockers. And he's been told, shut up. It doesn't matter because the activists, what they have to say is more important than you, even though you're a medical professor. I mean, is that acceptable? Um, I think, realistically, the research is still out on puberty blockers. We don't know the effect. He's a so, professor of medicine. I'm not. You're not, Adam. Yeah, no, I'm not saying I am. But what I'm saying is there's also a lot of professors out there who would speak to the contrary of his findings. Absolutely. But you know until I mean? we know for sure, why not just turn around and say, let's park that one for the moment? Because I think, to be honest, there's a lot more harm in having absolutely no gender-affirming care for young people. So you're happy to to pop a 10-year-old on puberty blockers? No, we've had this conversation before, Niall. I think around 13, 14 for me is is, is around the age that I think, you know... And do you you think it's right that he's being ignored or has a fear of being cancelled for even speaking out? Um, look, I like as as you guys were just talking about there, and, and to be honest, I think it's the, this the victimization complex that was kind of going on there was just astounding to me because as much as you have the right to free speech to say we, you know, I want to know trans people in my toilet, blah blah, blah I have the right to free speech as well to say, well, I think you're a fascist. You know what I mean? Like free speech is a very important thing. Ah, did you miss the, Did you miss the class in school, Adam, where they talked to the, define the word fascism? That's not fascism. It's called having liberty, <laughs> isn't it? Is you know what it all plays into stripping as many rights away because at the end of the day. But what about the, the, rights, the rights? What about the rights of women to have their spaces? What about their rights? It's, it's, Do they not deserve rights? So again, I, I put this point forward the last time that we had this conversation. So in that case. Do, do, you know, for people, for, for women, would they prefer to have a, a burly trans man in the bathroom with them? So a bearded man who has had all surgeries done because he, because he was biologically born a Adam, woman. Adam, Adam, yes, Jill, a go trans ahead. man, a trans man is a woman. A trans woman is a man. Women don't have any fear of women, even if they identify as men. They're still women, and they don't cause us any fear. And can you can you get the research up then of, of how many incidences have happened with a trans person going into a bathroom? And Adam, it's not Adam. It doesn't. It's an it's unfounded fear. Assault. It's an unfounded. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. An, it excuse is. me. Are you Adam it Long? Is. Are you Adam Long? No. I'm not. It's well, a different Adam. Okay, it, it is a different Adam. Okay. And, and okay. it doesn't matter who people's second names. I like people to come on the show and, and remain anonymous it's, if they want to. Okay. It's nothing to do with actual assaults. It's, it's the fear and the discomfort. Women are entitled to feel relaxed and, and at ease in using a, uh, toilet facilities. The whole basis of transgender ideology appears to come from queer theory, which is all about... Um, um, breaking down boundaries between adults and possibly between adults and children. But why should Where? Women, no, I'm sorry. Why I completely should, refuse why? that statement. Excuse I completely me. refuse that excuse statement. Me. Where, excuse where me. Excuse me. I'm queer speaking. Theory, I'm, where in queer theory does that say that? No, I'm not going to let you speak to compare. I'm not, I'm, Jill, in fairness, I'm not familiar with that. And I, you know, I do believe, for example, when you start going down that road with an argument, 
all you're doing essentially is trying to put down one side by bringing in something that everybody's afraid to argue it. Now, I'm not suggesting, Jill, I, I haven't seen the research that you're referring to, the queer theory that you're referring to, but I do defend Adam, Adam's position in relation to that. But let me get back to the original point. Adam, you know, the idea that within the workplace that you would be compelled, and this is called, they're calling it compelled speech. We've seen it in Canada already. That, you know, that I would be forced within my workplace to refer to somebody as the opposite gender or the gender they identify with. You know, some people say that's wrong. You shouldn't be forced to do anything. I, well, look, to be honest, well, first of all, if it's, if it's a private company, you know, like we're all forced to arrive to work at 9 a.m. because that's... that's no, but you know, no, 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 that, no. You're not, you're not comparing apples and apples. You're comparing apples and peanuts, right? What I'm saying to you is that if I went to, say, a job and they said, listen, we're all Christians in here. So, you know, we all sit down and say a prayer at 12 o'clock. You have to do that too. Because, and by the way, you need to believe in God. And I go, well, I don't believe in God. Oh, no, you need to believe in God or you're out of a job. That's what it's like. It's a, so you're basically forcing people to believe in an ideology. See, the thing is, I think this, that's where kind of I think we disagree because I would never specifically think that, like, trans people are an ideology. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's, well I'm not, by the way, I'm not talking about the LGB because clearly if you're gay or, not, or bisexual or uh, lesbian, that's a statement of fact because you're attracted to men, you date men, you marry men, whatever it happens to be or vice versa. But when you're talking about trans... This is something that goes against the scientific fact of what you were born with. So but it is an ideology. There, there is no scientific fact that shows that people, um, that sex is interchangeable. There's no scientific but fact apart from that. There's also, apart like, from intersex, in, maybe. In, in, that, in, that same, in that same argument, there's absolutely no scientific fact to people being gay because we don't know how people become but, gay. But, yeah, but there's a goal, I mean? yeah, but there's a gold like, standard. The gold standard is you're dating a man. That's the gold standard. Do you understand what I'm saying? So nobody here is saying, you know, that, you know, being gay is an ideology. It's not an ideology. Heterosexuality is not an ideology. It's a statement of fact because we see it in society. But when we're talking about somebody being trans, that's a different kettle of fish because we have genitalia. We have penises. We have vaginas. You know, we're born with XY chromosomes or XX chromosomes. So that's the way we're born. But I, the thing is, I would not put kind of. I, I think it's it's pretty. Um, it's a pretty kind of elementary way of, of looking at things to just say it's scientific. I'm penis, therefore, therefore, you know, I like. I, I think my my gender is is much more than. What is your What is your gender, name. Adam? What is your? Oh, gender? I'm 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 a, I'm a cisgendered man. No, you um, no, you're not. You're just a man. Can you not just say I'm a man? <laughs> Why do you no, have to I'm, say well, you're a cisgender man? You're just a man. I, you do know I, the I word cis was only made up about seven or eight years ago. You're you're not a cisgender. You're a man. That's okay. By the way, it's all right <laughs> to say a you're a man. man. Why? Totally Why are you a cisgender man? Because I identify with uh. the gender that I was born assigned with at birth. Um, well, like most people. You know, like most people. Like like ninety nine percent of the population. Most. Yeah, like yeah. most. Um, yeah. But but I think. Um, you know, I don't agree with Leo on many things, but I do agree with one thing that he said the other day, which is you judge a country based on how they treat their minorities. And, yeah, know, but that, that's, and fair, that, that's fair enough. But you also have to respect that, you know, you can't abandon the rights of the majority for the rights of a minority either. And that, what, there, was, there, was a, there was a case there was a case in the United Kingdom where a, a boy who was 15 years of age identified as a girl and demanded he use the girls' changing rooms or bathrooms in a college. It was taken to court. He lost the case because that's exactly what the judge said. You can't abandon the rights of the majority for the rights of the few or the minority either. You have to be careful how you balance those things. I think, but it's, I think this is, I, I don't want to take away Jill's right as a woman. But God only knows women have fought for rights for long enough. I don't want to take away her right as a woman. Yeah, 
I, like, look, I completely, I, I, I would agree with that. But in the same instance, you know, I think it's, it's also, it's such a, it's such a complex issue because there's so many trans people that, that I know, and I'm, not, I'm sure you've probably heard of her before, but the, the likes of Blair White, even. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, a trans, I've seen them, yeah. A trans, uh, a trans commentator before. I am on YouTube, and, and she, you know, like, would you really want someone who looks like that to go into the, you know, a, a, put themselves at risk realistically by going into a bathroom at a nightclub, say, um, with a load of lads. Around, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where, like, this is a very female-presenting person. You would not in a million years guess that this person is trans. Okay, well, 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 hang on just for a second if you can, because I want to go to... Um, oh, hold on, who have I got to first? I have to go to Carl. Sorry, Carl, you've been waiting ages. Sorry, I do apologise, Carl. Go ahead. Noel, how are you? How are you doing, Carl? Good. Who is that headbanger you have on there, Adam? Ad, that you just, you've just said his name, Adam. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah he is—he is an absolute head case. Why? Why is he a head like, case? Well, look, I'm—I'm I'm in my fifties. I'm not going to—I—I identify as a male. I was born a male. I am a male. Okay, cis I male. I don't identify as a as a cis male. That wasn't the name of Christ and that all about. You're a cis man. I respect—I I respect women's uh, privacy. If they want to use the toilet on their own or the bathrooms on their own. They're entitled to do it. No man has a right to invade a woman's toilet or to use a toilet and say, I identify but, but as a woman. Well, I was going to say, they're not, they, they say they're not a man. They're identifying as a woman. No. Or they are you, a you woman. Go to the, you, go, you go to the seven subject pronouns. It's I, you, he, she, it, we, and they. I can't call them all it. The biggest insult you can call a person is it is over there. Mm. Well, Absolutely crazy. But is it the point Adam is making is that okay, you don't have to buy into it, you don't have to believe Adam is a cis man. And um, he's well, I don't, I think he's just a man, but Adam wants to identify as a cis man. But you don't have to believe any of that stuff. But you know, out of respect, would you not just you know use the terminology? No, 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 because the simple and I'm going down, I'm going to go down to the LGBTQ plus Q and A and all these, I call them the alphabet kids with all these letters going on. I mean, they got their, their right to march. They got their, their right to marry. That's, that's brilliant. I'm happy enough. I respect everyone's, everyone's sexuality, except transgender, because they are pushing the boundaries too far. And it's going to infringe on everyone. Okay, well, well let, me, let me ask Adam just very quickly on that. Now, Adam, I was reading an article yesterday by LGB, and they were saying that the trans community were hijacking the political, or the, the movement, or should I say, the LGB movement. Do, do you see that, or is that something that you see? No, like to be honest, I I think trans people have to be credited with a lot of the with a lot of the movements between you know even the gay the gay rights movement would not have started without trans people. If you look at the history of Stonewall and why we have pride, Stone the Stonewall riots in New York was started by a trans woman. Marsha P. Johnson threw, threw the first brick during those riots, and that was the birth of the gay rights movement. Is that something we should so, be proud of, that she threw the first brick? But go on, anyway. Well, um, well, I think, to be fair, you know, when we were getting, you know, arrested every single night for, you know, gay bars being raided, I think, you but, know... Yeah, but I, I don't think... I, I mean, I couldn't do a topic, you know, and have people come on the air who disagree with homosexuality or disagree with being gay people getting married, because those days are long gone. I, I would like to think now there is still some head cases out there, right? But but in saying that, because everybody accepts that people can't control, you know, who they're sexually attracted to or who they fall in love with. Everybody accepts that. But one thing that we do accept is a fact as well as how you were born. 
or your age. And I mentioned earlier on, Adam, I'm, I was 60 on Friday. So, I, but I only feel 40. I feel like I'm in good shape. So will you address, will you address me as a 40-year-old? Can I identify as a 40-year-old? No, I can't. No, because there's no psychological, uh, you know, analysis Why not? for Why not? age for age dysphoria. There's, there's no, there is. Well, maybe, maybe I could start it. You know, I could start a trend of age dysphoria. You know, <laughs> I feel like a forty year old. Why? I mean, how dare you, Adam? Why won't you respect that? <laughs> if, do you understand? Oh, do you understand the point I'm trying to make to you? I, no, I do get the point you're trying to make, but I think you know, as there, there hasn't been a history dare, of, of people identifying you. as a different age. Yeah, but. What there has been is, if you look throughout history, I mean, transgender people have been around as long as absolutely everybody else. You look at the Native American tribes, um, there was two-spirited people, is what they were called. Um, and two-spirit meant someone who identified as the other gender. Um, and that word has now been reclaimed in a lot of Native communities in America um, as, as what transgender people, what they, what they would address. I've heard them. people refer to the gender as two-spirited, which is quite actually insulting to the Native Americans, but however... Um, I, well, I, no, I don't, I don't agree with non-Native Americans using it, but if a Native well, American... I've, well, I see people using it all the time, two-spirited, no, non-male, whatever I it is. Yeah. No, I, 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 have seen, I have seen it as well. Yeah, well, I'm not referring to anybody as a two-spirited male, whatever it happens to be, or female, trans, this, or the other. Look, the bottom line is, Carla said, if it comes to a point with the referendum next year on gender equality and also the hate speech laws and Helen Joyce fears that this will force people to come or it will make people uh, force force people to use pronouns or to use the pronouns people identify as that we're heading down a very rocky road. So what about my liberty, Adam, to disagree with it? Or what about my my freedom to turn around and say, well, no, I, I don't believe you're a woman, so I'm not going to address you as a woman. Do I have that freedom to do that? Should I have? I think... It's, it is a tricky one, to be honest. Um, I think you, you do have that freedom because I, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big believer in, in freedom of speech. And I know kind of both sides on the far right and the far left don't particularly like free speech all that much. Um, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in it. As I am, by the way. Right. Yeah, you've, you've every right to, to, to have those beliefs. But I kind of think as well, if you're actually going to stand there in front of someone and go, well, I actually don't believe in this, so I'm going to actively call you something that you know, you don't identify as. Well, it, well it's, it's not actively calling somebody what you identify as, but not accepting it. Because, for example, if I'm a woman in the workplace and a man comes in and re-identifies as a woman from Monday morning, am I going to stand in front of the toilets, the lady toilets, and say, I'm sorry, you can't use these. You're actually a bloke. So, you but, know, I, like, that's the problem. It's not actually using the, the, the pronouns. Because, to be honest with you, we generally don't use pronouns anyway. Because, I, like, if I was in work tomorrow with you, Adam, and, you know, you were identifying as a non-binary or a girl or something, I'm probably never going to address you as she or they or... Because we don't say things like that in English language, generally speaking, unless we're talking in the third party. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So, I'm, to yeah. your face, I'm never going to have to say she or her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I may be in a situation where I might want you to... I might want to restrict your, you know, your movement, so to speak, when it comes to using a female bathroom, for example. I th but I think this, like, it's, it's, it's for me, it's such an unfounded kind of thing because at the end of the day, when people go to the bathroom, and like, this includes trans people as well, they just want to pee. Like, what is the, like, it's. it's yeah, well, Carl, what's the issue? They just want to have a wee. Well, the issue is, Noel, if you were a woman and you were, you were, you were going in to use the toilet. You're or, using, or the bathroom. You're using cubic. You're, you're going in to use, you're going in to have a pee. 
right? And a lady's going in there and she's doing her business. And a guy comes in who, who identifies as a woman, and he's dressed up as a woman, he's after having a rake of Guinness the night before, sits on the toilet and on the cubicle beside her, Ooh. and drops a load of it. I oh, mean, sure. how was that? How, I'm sure. I'm sure women can drink, drink rakes of Guinness. By the way, yeah, are women women are women are now incapable of taking a shot. Carl, that's not really an argument. But the argument I was hoping you would give me is that it's a woman's space. That's I, the, I, I laugh. Yeah. Can I ask Adam a question? Then? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Right, your man Sam Smith, another bleeding headbanger, came out one night <laughs> on stage a couple of years ago and identified as a stick of broccoli. Like, <laughs> What in the name of Jesus is that all about? What do you have to call him? What do you have to call him? I don't remember. I don't remember him identifying as a stick yeah. of broccoli. In fairness, that uh, maybe was I a joke. Think, he identified if, as a stick of broccoli. Maybe that was or a if joke. If they did, if they if they did come out on stage and say that, I'm pretty sure it was a piss take. To be completely honest, I, I would imagine Carly was taking the piss. Uh, now I'm going to use the word he, but you've noticed Adam just used the word they. Although I do believe recently, more recently, he identified as a man again. Didn't he change back or something like that at one stage and then he went um, back? Yeah, I think non-binary is, is such a it kind of, it can be a very fluid thing. Um, you know, uh, I'm and, not keeping look, up. Look, 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 I know. It's, I, I, I personally I, wouldn't I bring a child, by the way, to see uh, Sam Smith. Not age It's not really a place for a child to see at one of his concerts. Yeah, I, but to be honest, like, Behaves like a in tramp. my opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, like, Sam Smith is doing exactly what Madonna and Britney and, you know, if you're, if you're going to... I don't, think, I don't think he does the cause any good, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? I, I just don't. I just don't think he's somebody that should be held up in uh, the community. Look, if, if I'm being completely honest, like, I'm not a fan of, of Sam Smith's no. music. All right. Well, well, hang on. Well, hang on. Stay there a second because I need to go to Jana. Uh, Jana, hi. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Uh, Jana London from the Natural Women's Council. Hi. Uh, now, Jana, just getting back to the original conversation, which was in the UK, they're having workshops, also here in the HSC in Ireland as well, there's workshops too. Um, and, you know, and also we had Professor O'Shea yesterday, of course, saying that he fears he's going to be cancelled just because he turned around and said he doesn't believe or that we should be looking at, you know, giving children puberty blockers. And he believes the HSE senior staff are looking at, are dealing with, are listening to an ideology and not medicine. So there's a lot of there to talk about, Jana. So off you go. Okay, I have a couple points on this. Uh, first of all, where is this coming from? I would ask the question, are there men and women up and down the country demanding that we start to use pronouns in schools and workplaces and demanding uh, that we, we, we play into this ideology, which is not a fact? The answer is no. Uh, there's a small activist group via publicly funded NGOs and political parties who see this ideology as central to their outlook on life. And it, we must take a stand and assert our rights. We cannot pander to a radical minority group insisting that we, who do not believe in this ideology, that we play into it. And I would ask every employee out there listening today, including those in the public and private sector, if I was an employee, I would be demanding a copy of this written policy by requiring my employer to cite the legislative basis on which they are relying to impose this on employees. So in the Employment Equality Act, which I read before coming on today, uh, the Employment Equality Act of 98 to 2015, it prohibits discrimination in the employment area. And there are nine grounds for protected characteristics. One of them is gender. But under 6.1, it doesn't clarify gender identity, which is not a fact. There is no precedent to show that an employee is 
statutorily obliged to use a person's pronouns. This is not defined as discrimination. So for the majority who don't want this, for the majority who believe but that is there it, are but, men and women... But Jana, sorry for interrupting you. Okay, so one of those characteristics is gender, and I know next year there's going to be a referendum in relation to gender, by the way, uh, and equality. There sure and, is. And gender there equality. sure is. <laughs> okay, so I'm assuming, you know, because they're all, uh, the politicians all are in a bit of a, they're getting their tails in a knot at the moment, trying to even explain what a woman is. So by the time we get around to that, I'm pretty sure what they're going to do is tell us that the word gender is what somebody identifies as. So then that, where does that leave you then? Because in other words, your employer will be able to say, yes, gender is a protected characteristic, but Johnny identifies as Wilma. So he is a woman and he identifies as a woman. So you must respect Johnny's gender. Yeah, they can tell us what they want, but they cannot change the Employment Equality Act the Constitution without a referendum and the Natural Women's Council and Lawyers for Justice Ireland and the groups we work with will be absolutely campaigning to get this gender equality, gender equity referendum published at, so people can see the devil in the detail. And that's exactly what it is. People need But you're going to have to get them to define gender. They then. have to define gender. But there are what we need to go back to is there are two biological sexes, male and female. There are two biological sexes, two genders. Someone can identify as, I think there's up to 200 different things they can identify as. Some schools even have children identifying as a fairy or a microwave. But we don't all have to play into this uh, ideology. I do, like I do know of one instance of a case. Just in this, say no. I know of one instance of a case where a child identifies as a planet and insists that tutors call him Moon. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I will say that their gender dysphoria, so the whole pronoun, the other thing is uh, the, the pronouns are the very first step to a transition, a social transition. So whether a teacher is socially transitioning someone's child by using the pronouns that they want, the pronouns come before the puberty blockers, the hormones, and the surgeries, of all of which are irreversible. So by affirming gender dysphoria, which is a mental illness, and by... And, Forcing everyone to in your in your view it is that they obviously the it's DSM actually a, it's defined I should have said as a psychiatric condition which it is defined it's the, it's, as it's, a psychiatric condition. in America it is still defined as that but in in Europe of course in the DSM it's not it has been removed by the WHO the WHO many years ago if someone has gender dysphoria though they still should be treated with a it is a, a, condition. a condition they're suffering it's a condition so maybe mental physical whatever we yeah no know, I, I just needed to clarify condition. those okay. yeah so gender dysphoria is a condition a condition that needs treatment and by asking all of us to affirm someone's gender dysphoria and push this onto society through every aspect through schools and the workplace we will end up with a social contagion and the question i would ask is whether it's schools or whether it's an employer, there's no risk assessment done to safeguard this. So who is responsible when it goes wrong? How will we undo the damage that is done and what's going to happen? Politicians will turn their back. Uh, the HSE will turn their back. The Department of Education will turn their back. So when this goes wrong and falls on its face and there's carnage to clean up, we can't undo it, so we need to stop it now. And okay, well, well, hang on for a second. I, I, want, I want you to stay with me for a second, John, if you can. Let me just go to Tony. I want to go to Kathy after that. And then I'm going to come to Stephen as well. I know loads of people are waiting. Sorry, Tony, go ahead. Hello, Donald. How are you? Good. Tony, uh, will you be complying? Uh, you know, if indeed in the workplace it's demanded that people use whatever pronouns somebody, you know, identifies as, will you, will you be complying? 
Not a hope, Niall. And the simple reason I won't be complying is because it doesn't exist. It's, like I just said, it's just like a cult. Well, to some people and it exists, obviously. But now it is a cult, Niall. Well, to the people in effect, like they believe it exists. English now, just like I've been speaking English now, like yourself, for almost 60 years. But like, apart from anything else, I'd make a hames of it. Mm. I, I just like I wouldn't get it right because I'm not going to change the habits of the life. So, so if so, if if somebody within your workplace changed their identity, my workplace asked me to call them Susan, and they have a lovely dress and a pair of high heels on. I'm going to call them Susan, okay? But I'll never look upon them as a woman. I just won't. So, as far as you're concerned, it's just a bloke dressed up as a woman. That's all it is, and that's all it'll ever be. I don't care what they wear. I don't care. Well, but you're, but you're like okay that. with calling them. You're okay with calling them Susan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Or Seamus. Oh, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but isn't that what this is about? It's about respect. People are saying it. Some people are saying it's about respect. So Tony, once you're happy enough to call them Susan, they're happy enough with that. That's it. Yeah. All right, but don't ask me to look like. Don't start telling me about your period. Don't tell me that you're expecting <laughs> to get pregnant <laughs> and silly things like that. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but just like in history, like this is going to go down and they're going to look back surely to God because it's only a small minority of people. I, I, I do much. believe in thousands of years they will look back and think we're all mad. They, it's not, it's not going to take thousands of years. Like someone's going to wake up and go, hang on, who's responsible for this rubbish? Because it's crazy because we're fooling the children. We're trying to fool our children. And I have grandchildren, and I'm not going to be filled. And he says, like, what's the issue with a fellow going into a lady's toilet? The big issue is, if I have my granddaughters and they go into a toilet, there is not a man going into that space. I don't care what he has on him. I don't care what he calls himself. He's not going into that space if I'm standing at the door. And he can call me all the names under the sun. I don't care. But if you, if you were compelled to do that by law, which is, is not too far away as far as I can see. No, no, I'm compelled to protect my children and my grandchildren and women. That's mm. all I'm compelled to do as a man. Would you, would, you, would you have an issue if you were standing in the man's jacks at the urinal and a trans man came in? No. Well, I don't know what I'm saying, a trans man. A, you know, a, 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 sorry, I'm confusing myself there. A person born female but, but transitioned to being a man. All right. Yeah, but just like it's a female that's dressed as a man coming into the toilet. Yeah, yeah. No, I have no issue with that at all. No, because I'm a man. But what I'm, I'm saying, yeah, but what I'm saying is, well, so the argument from some people is, why is it an issue but the other way around? If that girl goes with, yeah, but if that girl just goes with like me, I'm well prepared to look after myself. I suppose we could argue that men are more predatorial, and probably that's probably the reason why women would feel less safe in that situation. Uh, stay there, Tony. Let me just go to Kathy. Kathy, hi. How are you doing? Hi, How are you doing, Cathy? Now, Not too bad. Now, you are the mother of a detransitioned uh, trans girl. So, are you there, Cathy? Yeah, go they, ahead. They call them a desister because a desister is someone who hasn't actually taken anything medical. Oh, okay. So, yeah, my daughter basically stopped before she took any kind of a medical step. I'm delighted um, to hear that. Yeah. yeah, even including breast binders or whatever. Um, yeah, she, well, she, I did actually buy a breast binder, but I never actually gave it to her. I, I, I arrived at the post and I, and I just threw it in the bin. Um, but she, like she how, old, how old was she when she yeah. told you this? Oh, how old was she? Um, well, you see, the thing is, she was actually trans for two years before she actually came out. 
and um, she did the usual thing because it is a social contagion. They basically learn on the internet how to come out to their parents. So she had this little prepared speech all about being non-binary. Uh, often if they come out non-binary first and then they come out as trans. Um, so I didn't pay it a huge amount of attention because she was hanging around. Yeah, okay. Kids, you know? Yeah. And so did you then decide, okay, I want to be supportive um, of my daughter and I, who wants to be my son. Did, did you, were you then supportive and decide, did you want to bring her somewhere to see a specialist or were you supportive? Well, I, I, was, I was supportive as in, um, I listened and um, I obviously, um, you know, tried to get, you know, the, the story behind it. But I'm afraid I didn't for a second believe that she was actually non-binary, which what is non-binary. And mm. um, I, I admit, actually, I thought it was quite funny. And I, I actually thought it was quite funny and I cracked a lot of jokes. Um, it probably wasn't the wisest approach to take, um, but as I say, I just think the whole thing was ridiculous, you know. Um, and then it actually just got more serious, and then she said she was trans, and then that's when I started to take it uh, more seriously. And you you wanted to come on in relation to what Professor Donal O'Shea said yesterday in relation to puberty yeah. blockers. Yeah, look, um, I look. I could just walk away from this now and have a grand old life, um, but I have been keeping an eye on things, and I do feel a certain responsibility to other parents who are in the same boat, um, or who, who who are probably still in the same boat and are struggling with this. So I, I have been keeping an eye on it, and I have been keeping an eye on what the doctors and the National Gender Service are doing, and um, I, I'm just full of admiration for their bravery and just their professional like guts what yeah. they're actually doing. And one thing um, is my daughter's actually on the spectrum, so she's um, autistic. She's which, which is quite common, by the way, in, in these situations. It, yeah. yeah, oh, overlap. Yeah. She was hanging around with a gang of girls. They were all slightly on the spectrum. A lot of them were lesbians. And they were all like, uh, one, one thing or other, non-binary, trans, whatever. It's a massive so, social contagion. Um, and just one article, I think it was like six months ago, it was um, the other doctor, Paul Moran, and he was saying that nearly over 90% of the people that are now presenting in the National Gender Service are on the spectrum, are autistic. I didn't know so, the figure was as high as 90%. I'm sure yeah, Jana has those figures. But I, I didn't They're know. They're heroes. Yeah. I, I, know I, I, I do remember reading an article about in Britain, I think something like was it like 37% or something like that. I didn't realise it was as high as 90, but maybe that's a, the case in it's, Ireland. It, yeah, the ones that are actually going to the National Gender Service at the moment, mm. they were saying like, like 10 years ago, something like 5%, and now it's up over 90. And, they were saying and how's your daughter now? Sorry for rushing because I, I have to get to two more callers, but how's your daughter now? Um, well, she's kind of about, she's over two years out of it now, and um, it was a long old recovery. And has she embraced her femininity again? Oh, 100%. And the thing that Tony was saying, um, he's actually quite right. It is very cult-like, the whole thing. It's, it's like a brainwashing thing that she was she went through. And it, it affected her critical thinking. It affected every part of her life. Um, so it actually was a long, slow recovery. I'd say, I'd say she's pretty much 100% And recovered. you you could have been one of those mothers who rushed out to get her onto puberty blockers, uh, but you didn't. Um, um, no, I didn't rush out to do anything except that she was begging me. And that's one thing that Tony and other people like that don't quite understand, that when you're a parent in this situation, um, the biggest enemy or the biggest opponent that you have in this fight against this ideology is actually your own child. Um, it's like, you know, it's, no, it's, it's like it's, they're the ones that are making the most noise and they're screaming and shouting and they're the ones that will get you into the most trouble. Um, with authorities and um, that's one another thing that when you do approach a professional Oh, unfortunately we've lost, I've lost everybody there very quickly, I do apologise um, because we're actually going way over time today um, I, I, I need, I'll tell you what I just I, maybe if I can just get Stephen and John back very quickly, alright, and I'm going to have to wrap it up with those, thank you very much indeed by the way to both you Jana and um, I, and I hope by the way as well your daughter um, stays the way she is, I hope that she continues uh, to, uh, to improve um, I've there's loads and loads of texts loads of whatsapps coming in Sarah says 
why can't everyone just get along? Um, well, that's easier said than done. And, and you're right, everybody should just get along. But unfortunately, some people push agendas really hard and demand other people agree with them. Everybody would get along if people didn't demand each other, agreed with each other, if you know what I mean. Uh, sorry, John, go ahead. Um, it's, uh, you know, this whole business has, has gone out of all proportion about, uh, you know, uh, libraries and children having to learn about. I, now, from what I've read, just it's 5 to 10% of the population of the world are what prefer what you call deviant sexuality, if that's the right word. Deviant sexuality? I, well, I, I'm missing the point you're making. To lie, to go to bed with their own sex. They There's nothing deviant about that. That's just a sexual orientation. Uh, maybe I'm using the wrong word. Yeah, you are using the wrong word. I'm, un, I'm yeah. unsure as to why you're using that word, but go on. But, but um, it's, you know, between 5% of the whole uh, mankind is born, uh, you know, they, they can never have normal relationship what, what are you talking about they can they can have a relationship anybody can have a relationship with anybody they want i i'm missing the point you're making john sorry i don't think we're on the same page today are we yeah no okay just come out and say it five percent of the population roughly of the world are gay okay yeah. is, that, is that what you're trying to say in a million different ways i don't want too sure um, yeah, but the whole mankind, the other 90% should not have to relearn their English grammar or whatever language. We're not talking about gay people, John. Uh, to, uh, you don't have to change your language when you're referring to a gay person. You don't have to change any language. What are you, so, I'm, I'm missing the point you're making. If it quacks like a duck, if it has a penis, it's... A, it's you're you're a, talking about, okay, so now you're talking about trans people, not gay people. You need, they're two completely different things, by the way. Just because you're gay doesn't mean you're trans. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't I can't get to grips with these. The it's it's very easy. A gay person is somebody who is attracted to the same sex. A heterosexual person is attracted to the opposite sex. A trans person is a person who identifies as a different gender they were born with. It's not that easy to, to, to be difficult to understand, John. I don't know what percentage of the world is... is is like that. I don't know. Very small percentage, maybe one percent. Yeah. One percent. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we're getting too much of this one percent in our face. To be honest with you, I really do. Okay. Uh, okay. Too much of it in libraries and too much of it everywhere. You know. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks for that. I, I think you were a little bit unsure as to what we were actually talking about. Anyway, I don't know where you were going with that. Just calling people deviants and all sorts of things. Listen, thank you very much indeed for everyone involved. Sorry, Stephen, I didn't get back to you. I do apologise. I think they may have tried to call you back there, but and I would have liked to have you on as the last caller there, but unfortunately they couldn't get back to you or whatever. We lost the lines just at the very end. I do apologise to everybody who dropped off there just at the end. Uh, loads and loads of texts, loads of WhatsApps. We've gone way over time today. James says, by the way, no, Niall, I'm still living in reality, so no compliance with me. Maureen says, I will in me whole comply with bullshit. Barbara O'Neill says, it's pure nonsense. There are only men and women. Maury, or Marie says, I will not, pardon me, I will not comply. Um, more or less, everybody's saying the same thing. They, they're not going to comply. I, I, very few people here say, well, one or two people said, just said, live and let live. Josie on WhatsApp says, there's only two gen genders. End of discussion. 
Uh, look up the gender agenda on 7 News YouTube. Shocking stuff, she says. Uh, it's very easy for Adam to say, say that considering he is a male, says James on WhatsApp. Sarah says, why can't everyone just get along? See, and a few people have that said. And by the way, everybody should just get along. I completely agree. And if it's no skin off your nose, it's no skin off your nose. But where it causes a problem is generally when it comes to women's spaces. I think that's the biggest problem and the biggest issue around this whole thing. Anyway, thank you to everybody who got involved. Don't forget, by the way, this show will be available on podcast on all the usual platforms. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, all the rest of them. And it will be available in about an hour, an hour and a half's time. Um, you can watch it for free every single day. You can listen to it for free every single day. But remember, it costs money. We have to pay to do this. It's not free. Electricity, as you well know, costs money. That'll be tomorrow's topic, by the way, the energy crisis and how much it's going to cost us for our next bills. But as you know, it all costs money. We don't make any money. There's three of us, sadly two of us at the moment because one is in hospital, but there is three of us. And uh, we don't make any money out of it at all. We're not getting paid for doing it currently at the moment. We're doing it because we love doing it. And we're doing it because we want to give you an uncensored platform on the air to speak your mind. Within reason, obviously. I'm here to adjudicate and give my opinion every now and again. That's my job. But I want to give you that opportunity. This is your platform, not mine. So we would ask you to help us and support us. You can go to our website. You can listen to all of our shows free of charge. You can go anywhere you want and listen to them all free of charge. We don't charge you. And for those who don't have any money, we don't expect you to pay. But for those who can spare the price of a pint of beer once a month, that's all we ask you for. You can go to our website and if you want to watch all of the previous videos and some exclusive interviews as well that we don't put on the air during the day, they're there as well. You can watch those and they're all available. And um, some one or two interviews we did last week, we'll have two more we're doing this week as well. They'll all be available to watch. And we, all we ask you to do is register on the website for the price of a pint of beer once a month. So what you're saying, what I'm essentially saying to you is, I'm sure there's a time where you said to me, Jay's is not shut up your shite. But I'm sure there's other times when you said, Jay's and all, that's fair play to you. Yeah, you're right. Never thought of that. Fair, well done for saying that. And if I was in a bar some night and you met me, you'd say, no, a great show the other night. Really enjoyed that. You know, would you want a, do you want a pint of beer? <laughs> that's all we're asking you for. So please go to the website and support us and help us do this. Help us continue to provide this platform. Make it worth our while to continue doing it all the time because we want to do that. It's www.nileboylan.com. Not hard to remember. nileboylan.com. Or indeed, you can support us on Twitter. Just up there, there's a button that says subscribe if you follow us. Although it's better to do it on the website because you get more for us. You can look at all the previous episodes. On Twitter, what we do every day is we put the episode up on Twitter subscription so you can watch it all there as well. So please support us. We would ask you to do that. I'll be back with you again tomorrow at 12. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 